Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out this podcast with Brenda Tracy. Now, I'll tell you that Brenda Tracy is a woman of strength. She's a woman that's willing to break the silence. Brenda Tracy's story is absolutely incredible. And I will tell you that this is one of the most emotionally jarring podcasts that I've ever done. And and I just remember when I hung up with Brenda, I said I just started crying because of what she's doing is so important. What she's doing is so needed. What she's doing is so strong. Sexual assault and physical violence are never okay. And as a coach listening to this podcast, I'm going to challenge you to think about what are you doing to educate your student athletes about setting the expectation around sexual assault and physical violence. Why are we not having those conversations? Why is it that as adolescent men, we think that masculinity is defined by the five B's of your biceps, how big they are, your billfold, how much money you make, the bedroom, how much sexual conquest you have, how many beers you can drink, and how good you do on the ball field, the five B's of masculinity. I'm sorry, but it's bullshit and it's time to end. It's time to change and redefine how we as men define masculinity. It's the opposite of the five B's. And it's time that we start educating the young people that call us coach around sexual assault and physical violence. And Brenda Tracy is a leader in the industry. Brenda Tracy is a hero. Brenda Tracy is an inspiration to help you help mold the lives of our future. So I hope this podcast gives you the motivation. I hope this podcast gives you the inspiration. I hope this podcast gives you the enlightenment of the need of setting the expectation and that you, coach, step forward and you have a set the expectation game with your team and you do your part in changing the way that we define masculinity and you do your part and helping put an end to sexual assault and physical violence because it's never okay. Thanks for checking out this podcast. And please also check out Brenda Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y dot com and check out setTheExpectation.com for more resources that you can use with your team. Resources that you can use to build better people through sport, which is the purpose of why we all coach. And to help you support Brenda and her mission to set the expectation. Brenda Tracy. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, your Peak Mental Performance Coach here with the Peak Performance Podcast. And today, our guest is Brenda Tracy. And Brenda, I first heard speak to the SMU football program when head coach Chad Morris brought her in to speak about sexual assault and physical violence. And Brenda's story was one that was captivating, it was emotional, it was moving, and it was one that I will never ever forget. And it's one that we all want to get behind 
and help support and educate and bring awareness to sexual assault and physical violence. And Brenda, I just want to thank you for taking time to, to be on the podcast, to share your story and to help educate coaches on how they can help you and help the awareness around sexual assault and physical violence. So thank you for being with us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, and, and my introduction doesn't do you justice and with your message and what you delivered to those guys that, that, that time at SMU around setting the expectation. And would, would you give our listeners kind of your background into to how you got to where you are today and, and really what set the expectation is all about? Sure. So I guess I'll, I'll try to like pare it down. <laughs> it's kind of a, a long story. Um, but kind of the gist is that um, in 1998, as a young woman, I went to a friend's apartment to hang out with some friends. Um, that night I was drugged and I was gang raped by four college football players. Uh, two of those football players went to Oregon State University. And uh, the next morning, I immediately went to the hospital. I got a rape kit done. I went to the police. I reported what happened to me. Um, and I tried to pursue justice. But because two of the men played for Oregon State University, it became kind of a, a media scandal immediately. We didn't have social media, but, you know, television, newspaper, radio. Um, so there was a lot of backlash, uh, death threats. People turned on me, called me a liar, a whore. A lot, a lot of the stuff you see today when a survivor comes comes forward against an athlete. Um, so after all of the backlash and the DA telling me that I didn't have a good case, I decided to drop the charges. And then once I dropped the charges, there was a news article that came out. Uh, coach Riley, who was most recently the coach at Nebraska, he was the coach back then um, of the Oregon State football team. He was interviewed about his players being arrested and charged and then the charges being dropped. And he made a comment in the paper and said, these are really good guys who made a bad choice. And he gave him a one game suspension. So I um, did my best to, I, I reported to the school what happened to me and I tried my best to kind of move on with my life. Um, and for the next 16 years, I kind of carried those words that coach Riley had said, these are good guys that made a bad choice. Um, I watched thousands of people cheer for them on Saturdays at their games. Um, and I tried to move on with my life, which was very difficult. I, I went through a lot of the things that a lot of survivors go through, depression, suicidal ideation. I had a borderline eating disorder. I was a mess. I was, I was a disaster. Um, I was still able to go to school. I got my RN license, became a nurse, um, but really struggled in silence and shame for a long time. And then in 2014, I decided to go public with my story. I, through a series of, of events, I met with a reporter. And in 2014, he shared my story. This time, my community didn't turn on me. This time, people supported me and loved on me. And from there, um, Coach Riley reached out to me after the story came out and apologized to me. I actually ended up going to Nebraska and confronting him and talking to him about what he had said and the one game suspension. I talked to his football players and then that kind of sparked uh, that article from that visit kind of went viral and that just kind of sparked this speaking career that I find myself having now. And I think I've been to over 70 programs now um, since summer of 2016. So it's been kind of a crazy whirlwind. Um, and during that time I started the set the expectation campaign 
um, which is really targeted at our young men being the solution and targeted at our coaches uh, stepping in and understanding their influence and power uh, over this issue. And kind of in a nutshell, that's how I came to be on your podcast. And when with the, with the set the expectation campaign, you know, if you, if you go to set the expectation.com, yes, people can learn more about the sexual uh, assault and physical violence, the, the program you've put together around setting the expectation. And when you go there, you see, you know, football players at Stanford with a shirt that says set the expectation. You see a purple and teal sticker that's on their helmet and you know, you see it with athletes who are at Colgate. And I know that you came into to SMU with Coach Morris and the football program there. And it sounds like that, that what you're trying to do is, is bring awareness and education to coaches about the responsibility that they have, especially with young men, about educating them on sexual assault and violence. And is that really what the, the Set the Expectation campaign is about, is about educating young people, especially males, on what's appropriate and what's inappropriate? Yeah, it is. And, and the reason I kind of started the campaign was, was for a few reasons. But one of the things I want people to know about me and the work that I do is that I believe men are the solution. I, I recognize that if women could stop sexual violence, we would have already done it. Um, and there's about, it's about 10% of our male population committing these crimes. And I would say, you know, stats and reports say that about 98% of all sexual violence is perpetrated by men, right? So this is a men's issue. They're the ones that are perpetrating it, yep. but it's about 10% of the population. So 90% of our guys are good guys that don't do this. The problem is that they're silent. So my push is to talk to the 90% of the good guys, get them to align themselves with people like me and women doing this work and recognize that they're the solution and the coaches too, right? I think coaches need to start attaching eligibility to behavior um, I think that that's a mechanism that would help our young men understand like, oh, my behavior matters. And if I do this, I don't get to play football. Um, so there's that, but then also raising awareness, taking away the stigma. Um, there shouldn't be shame and silence around this issue. This isn't the survivor's fault. So using our games, the same way we raise awareness about cancer and use the pink ribbon, let's use the teal and purple ribbon of the Set the Expectation campaign. Um, let's honor survivors. Let's honor the young men who want to be the solution and want to step up. Um, the power of football is is big, big in this country. And there's no reason that our coaches and our players shouldn't be using their platform and their megaphone to raise awareness about this and change the culture. So the Set the Expectation campaign has a pledge. Um, it basically talks about, like, if you commit these violent acts against another human being, and you harm them for life, then you don't get to play football. Um, then it's a privilege to play sports. It's not a right. Um, and then at the website, the pledge is there. You can download that. You can buy set the expectation t-shirts, sticker helmets, patches for the coaches, raise awareness. There's education. I'm working on a curriculum right now for coaches. Um, it's kind of just my way of saying, here's how you can change the culture for the better. And here's how we can address this issue and this problem. And, the, and where people can get those, if they, let's say, let's say I'm a high school football coach or high school athletic director listening to this, or I'm a, I'm a high school baseball coach listening to this, and I want to have a set the expectation game. They, do they need to get your approval? Do they need to get anything other than just getting the, the pledge sheets and the ribbons to wear at your website, setthexpectation.com? What does that coach need to do? Yeah, the coach can just go to the website. It's a nonprofit website. 
Um, and you can download the pledge there and you can use that with your, with your players. And then you can also get whatever game swag you need. Um, we can make, uh, Stanford did a, a Cardinal red t-shirt with set the expectation. Um, so we can make things school specific with their logos. Um, but yeah, you can get everything you need on the website and all the proceeds go to the nonprofit. So the nonprofit, one of the things I really want to start focusing on is our high school boys. Yeah. Um, so the nonprofit really goes towards my efforts of getting into more high schools and talking to our younger men before they get to college. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it's amazing how you look at, you know, college football and when a team gets off the bus and they're walking through the crowd and they're high-fiving their fans before they go in the locker room, you know, in my experience, they're wearing suits and they're dressed up, they're dressed up. And some of that is a mentality. Some of that is how they want to look, but how much more powerful would it be? If they're wearing shirts to say set the expectation in terms oh, of Oh, it's you know what? The 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 it's interesting because I kind of talk about the power of the T shirt. <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, after Stanford and Arizona State did the first ever college football set the expectation game, um, the football players from Stanford has set the expectation t shirts and the school made five thousand shirts for the for the kids in the stands. And, you know, it, it lets people know where you stand. Because I think one of the issues is that survivors don't come forward and they don't talk about what's happened to them because they don't know who they can trust. They don't know where people stand on this issue. And they're afraid of victim blaming. They're afraid of people blaming them. And they're afraid of people, you know, turning on them. I, I went through that. So when you wear a set the expectation t-shirt, you're saying, this is where I stand. I'm the solution. I'm, I'm not the problem. I'm part of the solution. You're safe with me. Um, and it's been amazing. I talked to some of the players who have been involved in these games and they messaged me later and said, like, my best friend came to me and said that she was assaulted or, you know, I went home on, on my break and my mom told me that she's a survivor. Like there is conversations that are happening um, once our men take a stand and let people know who they are and not only that, but what does it say to a perpetrator, right? If you're a guy and you're wearing a set the expectation t-shirt and you're repping the campaign and you're saying, I'm the good guy, what does that say to the perpetrator? That tells him that he's not safe yeah. to do whatever he wants to do. Right. So it sends a message to a lot of different people and it does a lot of different things. And so it's, it's, it's been interesting to see kind of the power of the t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, and again, the coaches that are listening to this, they can get behind the set the expectation message by going to setthexpectation.com. They can learn more about you and find the pledge at, at brendatracy.com. And you know, Brenda, one of the things that you had said that when we were talking earlier off the air that I thought was so powerful was just you know this pathway of junior high school to high school to college to profession. Yeah. And you know, when does the education start? Right? Does the education yeah. start? in college or should the education start in junior high and high school when they're young and impressionable? And I think that, you know, your, the, the PSA that you have talked about and this pathway was made so much sense when you shared that. I was hoping you could share that again, because I think sometimes coaches listen to this and they go, well, you know what, that's for someone to do in college or the pro coaches go, well, they right. should do that before they got here. Well, what's your message about that pathway and getting started just where you're at, whether it's junior high to NFL? Right. Well, I call it the pipeline. And I think the pipeline pretty much starts probably in junior high. I think at some point there's, a, there's an age where we kind of recognize that a young man has some athletic ability. And we think that we can start grooming them into becoming that pro player. <laughs> sure. 
right? Or the next coming. Sure. And so what happens is that, you know, in junior high and high school, we, we, we see this kid and then we all start grooming him. Coaches, parents, trainers, everyone around this kid. And what happens is we start uh, making bad choices, really. You know, we're, we're so worried about eligibility and getting them to the next level, right? So from junior high to that, that high school program, and then from high school to that college program, and then to the pros. And so we start making excuses for him. We start getting him out of trouble. We start coddling him. Uh, we don't set expectations around behavior, right? And you don't know which kid is going to go off the rails. Sure. Um, so for me, attaching eligibility to behavior, which is what the pledge is, the pledge is a coach standing in front of the room and saying your behavior matters you do abc you don't play so for me psychologically what does that say to the young man in high school that knows if i commit a violent act i'm not going to my dream college and then i'm not going to go play pro sports um and not only what does it say to the young man but what does it say to all the people around him grooming him because now everybody knows behavior is attached to eligibility so now the trainer <laughs> and the parents are going to be invested in Maybe we should have a conversation with our son about consent, healthy relationships. Let's be involved and make sure that we know that we're setting expectations around behavior because we want to make sure he gets to that next level. Um, but coaches, they got to start, they, they need to hold each other accountable. I'm sorry, but if you look at the problem in the NFL right now, that started back in junior high and high school. That was cultivated back then. Our high school coaches need to set the expectation for behavior and stop just dumping violent athletes into college, college coaches need to set the expectation and stop dumping these violent athletes into the NFL. It's a pipeline and it's got to stop. Yeah. And I think you're, you're making tremendous strides by, by sharing your story and, and, and speaking about this and bringing an awareness and attention to, to what coaches can do. Because I think sometimes, I don't think there's a coach that would that would argue, you know, I don't, I, I disagree with your statement here, but I do think there's a lot of coaches that would say, I don't know what to do. Right, right. And that's why I think that the pledge is not just, the pledge is kind of a, a, it's more than a pledge, right? Like there's a section in there that talks about, you know, if you do this, you don't get to play football for me or any, you know, it, it's, a, it's a pledge for any sport, but we'll just say football. Um, but then there's also part of the pledge that talks about uh, consent, right? Um, only yes means yes, no means no. Um, someone under the influence of drugs and alcohol can't consent. So it kind of walks the coaches through some things about consent that they can talk with about their players. It walks the coaches through saying to these young men, sports is something you do. It's not who you are. Your 40 time doesn't tell me anything about your character, <laughs> right? So we can have that conversation. Um, and then also have the conversation about if I see something, I'm going to say something. Um, saying, saying nothing is saying something, doing nothing is doing something. So the pledge also helps the coaches have a conversation. Um, and then of course, you know, I'll be working on trying to, you know, develop more curriculum through the nonprofit to help coaches have these conversations because I know that it's overwhelming for them. And I know sometimes they don't know where to start, but the easiest thing a coach can do is stand in front of the room and set the expectation on behavior. That is the easiest thing they can do. Any coach can do it. And I promise you that your young men, they're goal-oriented. Coaches set goals all the time. If a coach gets in front of the room and sets a goal and expectation for his players, most of them are going to reach it. And if there's the kid that doesn't and the kid that goes against the coach, I don't even know if you want that kid on your team. 
Yeah. You know, and then the, in the coach and, and then, and that might be the person, right. That might be the player that we need to even bring in closer to the fold because that might be the person exactly to educate even more, you know, and I think it's going to be so awesome, Brenda, when you come out with, you know, your, your curriculum around how coaches can use video worksheet and just your information, your material to help them assist in their message. Cause I think once they have that, it's going to make a huge difference. So I, I, I know you're working on that. I know that's going to be incredible. Is that going to be available at setthexpectation.com for coaches to take a look at under the resources area? It, it will be once the, once the coach's curriculum is done, it will be available for free to anyone that, that wants it. Um, right now I'm fundraising to get the project done. So if you go to the website, if you can hit the donate button, um, I, then I just need to get the money together. And the plan is to launch it in the spring. Um, so it would be ready for what that would be the two, not 2019 fall football year. Yeah. Yeah. So coach and coach Shaw and, and, and I already have some coaches that are doing these things. Coach Shaw from Stanford is amazing. He's using the pledge, um, as a way to shift culture. He has set the expectation, um, written on the front of the team room wall. It says Stanford football set the expectation. Love that. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, kids know, kids know. And I was at the opening. I was actually at the Nike opening uh, not too long ago. And the boys that are going to Stanford from there, they will sign the pledge and they will be made aware this is the expectation of you if you want to be a Stanford football player. And I think that's incredible. And I think that's, that's what every program needs to start doing. Like, this is what you're walking into. Um, and this is, this is the expectation of you. Yeah, and I, you know, it's amazing how you look around at how many sports now we'll do a, a breast cancer awareness game, you know, and my, and my mother passed away in 2010 of, of lung cancer, you know, and cancer is something that affects a lot of people's lives. But you know what, uh, the, the, the setting this, the expectation around sexual assault and physical violence, like those are things that are preventable, you know? So, I mean, to my right. mind, still isn't a cure for cancer. That's going to happen. It's going to affect people. And no matter how much we educate people around, healthy nutrition choices or, or, you know, don't, don't play underneath power lines. Like people are still going to get cancer, but when yeah. sexual violence and physical violence and assault happens, that's a decision that someone makes. And often that decision, you know, is, is because they haven't had the education. They haven't had the mentorship. They haven't had a positive male in their life that says, Hey, this is the expectation around how you're supposed to treat women. This is the expectation on how you're supposed to behave. So I think, yeah. You know, for the coaches listening to this, like, hey, I'm all about doing the pink game and breast cancer awareness and awareness around other aspects of cancer. How about we also do a purple and teal game around setting the expectation? And it could, how amazing would it be if you take a college football conference and we get a lot of college athletic directors and coaches that are listening to this and or the high school coaches and athletic directors listening to this. And I'm going to challenge all of them to say, who's going to be the first one? to have a set the expectation Saturday or a set the expectation weekend in your conference and take a stand and have every team in your conference that's playing that weekend have, you know, the, the helmet sticker. And every team in your conference that weekend, maybe there's going to be a game. Maybe it's a Harvard-Yale game where they both teams are setting the expectation around it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, a, and that's a great I – think, I think it's a good analogy. I think that the power of the pink ribbon – has really transformed our ideas around breast cancer. You know, there was a time when there was a stigma attached to breast cancer. 
There was a time when people didn't talk about it and it was hush hush and people weren't involved and look at the strides we have made, um, around breast cancer. And it's really the same idea. It's, yeah. it's a different ribbon, but it's the same idea. And I, and I think about, you know, getting, first off, just getting rid of the stigma and the shame and having these conversations. Yeah. Um, it, so the, the things that these programs are already doing with breast cancer, yeah, you kind of just switch the ribbon <laughs> and you kind of do some of the same exact things. It's the same idea. Um, but you're right. Our, you know, our, our students, I think it's one in three college or I'm sorry, one in three high school girls will um, experience some sort of violence in high school, like dating violence, sexual assault, something like that. Uh, one in five women in college will be raped. Um, it's the statistics are staggering. It's an epidemic. And our students are dealing with these issues every day. And they're not getting the help that they need. And we're not raising awareness. And if we're going to be raising awareness about something, then it should be about the things that our, our kids are going through on their campuses right now. Totally. It's like we have campaigns, right, in schools about stop, drop, and roll. Because if, yeah. you, if you catch on fire, do this. You know, but you think about well, how many how many people catch on fire, you know, versus something. Yeah. Like expectation. A friend of mine is a, you know, goes around and speaks about bullying, and he says like this: like one out of three kids will be affected by bullying, where one out of every thirty thousand will catch on fire. You know. Right. Like, <laughs> right. What so what? What are we? Doing? Are we putting our efforts into? Totally. And what yeah. What are we doing exactly? What are we doing? Administrators is what's easy, and we have to stop doing what's easy, and we have to start doing what's necessary. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll tell you another interesting thing about um, sexual violence on our college campuses is there's a thing called the red zone. Yeah. And the red zone happens from fall, uh, the beginning of school until Thanksgiving break. And it's when about 50% of all sexual assault on campuses happens. And it's usually freshmen and sophomore women. And that's during the football season, right? That's in the fall. And not only that, but on D1 home game days, there's a spike in, in reports of rape. It's about 41%. So a lot of this activity is happening during the football season. And who has the biggest megaphone? Who has the biggest stage? Who has the most influence? Football. Oh. I, it, it seems like an easy, you know what I mean? It seems like an A to B thing to me, like you should be doing this. You should be raising awareness. You should be addressing this on your, cam on your campuses. You have the biggest megaphone. You know, people in football talk about, you know, that football is the front porch to every college. Mm -hmm. It's true. Totally. Totally. And I think, you know, for the coaches that are listening to this, let's say that are non-football coaches, you may have a softball coach or a women's basketball coach or a baseball or a lacrosse coach. You know, the thing about setting the expectation is I know we want the football coaches to get on board. I think we also want all coaches to get on board. And yes. what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, although we want to go after football because it's the front porch, because they of the staggering results of 41% increase on division one home game days, that it's important we educate around football because again, there's going to be 90,000 people at SEC football games. There might be 10 at a baseball game, right? So there's so much yeah. more, so much more, um, opportunity around football but for the non-football coaches that are listening to this they can still participate and set the expectation games with the church absolutely absolutely and coaches are doing it all over the country the big sky conference their um student athlete uh leaders they got together and they adopted the set the expectation campaign across the entire big sky conference and every team 
men and women have been doing set the expectation games because here's the thing rape doesn't just happen in the fall it doesn't just happen in april when we're raising awareness that's the national awareness raising month it happens all year long and so every sport is important every coach is important every survivor is important every young man and young woman on our campus everyone is important football is just the biggest vehicle yeah that's it but you know what <laughs> if we can't get one big vehicle then let's get 10 smaller vehicles but however we got to do it let's make it happen and so yeah i welcome all coaches um, and all teams, men and women, to get together on this. Because really a lot of this, too, is about men and women aligning themselves together to work on this. Because really we've talked about sexual violence as a women's issue, right? The women are doing the Me Too thing, and they're marching, and they're doing whatever. Well, we need men to get involved. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that I want men to take over. I want men to come to women and say, how can I help? What can I do? How can I align myself with you, right? Because women have been doing this work for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's time for men to join in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, and I think that there's, I heard a speaker, I, I believe his name is Joe Ehrman, you know. And, and yes, Ehrman, he's amazing. Football player with the Baltimore Colts. And I heard Joe say one time, he said, we have to do a job as coaches and as educators to re-educate young men about what masculinity is. Yep, and, absolutely. And, and it stuck with me and I thought it was so accurate. And, you know, and, and I go around the country and I talk about peak mental performance and sports psychology. And, and on occasion, you know, I would deliver this, this part of the talk. Uh, it's not something I do frequently because it's not what people bring me in for, but it's so, it's so critical and it makes so much sense, you know, and, and for the coaches that are listening to this, Joe Ehrman would talk about, he'd say, look, there's, this is how we define masculinity. And he calls it the five B's. Are you, are you familiar with this? Yeah, I am. I am very much, very yeah. much. And, and he says, you know, it's like, what defines masculinity for someone, let's say what 15 to 25 is how many beers you can drink, how big your biceps are, how good you are in the ball field, how big your billfold is and how you are in the bedroom. And yep. every time I share that with a, with a audience, 15 to 25, they all nod their head and they go, damn, you're exactly right. That's how exactly. we masculinity and that's screwed up. Exactly. And that's something that I'm going to be, you know, as I proceed forward with set the expectation, that's something that there's kind of three educational pieces I really want to focus on. Uh, that's consent, bystander, and manhood. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the things, though, is that we have to be careful when we approach our young men about masculinity and manhood because sometimes they feel attacked. And so I think that for me, the way that I broach the subject is to first talk to them about, you know, you're not bad, <laughs> right? Because I think a lot of times I come into these rooms and I talk to these young men and I share my story and you can, you can kind of see them kind of rigid at first as they're listening to my story because I think they're waiting for the hammer to drop. <laughs> like for me to say like, men are so terrible and stop raping. And then when I get to the part where I'm like, I'm not here because I think you're the problem. I'm here because I know that you're the solution. Yeah. Their shoulders kind of drop. They relax and like, okay, what does she have to say? And then we can have a conversation about manhood. We can have a conversation about those points you were making. Right. But I think first we have to, we have to approach our men in a different way. We, we, we talk to our young men as though they're the problem. Right? We bring Title IX in, we bring lawyers in, tell them what not to do. But we're not telling them what they can do. We're not engaging them in positive activities like set the expectation and raising awareness and talking to them as though they're the solution. 
we're just wagging our fingers at them a lot of times. Totally. Um, and I think that's why I've been successful. And that's why I keep getting invited to locker room after locker room and why some of these young men still stay in contact with me, even from back in Nebraska. I have young men that still stay in contact with me and still remember my story and are repping the campaign. Um, because our young men want to be part of this. They just don't know how. Amen. And oh, yeah. nobody has invited them to be the solution. So I think that's, I think it's important that we, we talk to them in a different way. I think it's essential, you know, and I think that it comes down, it comes down to awareness. It comes down to education and it comes down to, you know, educating the leaders of our gener of our, of a future of our country, which I would are going to say are, are our coaches and our coaches that have the impact and the platform to impact the lives of young people and giving them the resources and giving them the education that they need. And as a former, you know, high school athletic director and a high school teacher, there's, there was a lot of, you know, training that our, t our coaches had to go through with first aid, even though every single school had an athletic trainer that was doing the first aid, our coaches yeah. go through education on, you know, the rules about the state and eligibility and this and that, but they never had to go through education on setting the expectation. And those are right. issues that they're dealing with every single day. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to get help, get your story out on the podcast. I wanted to support you by, by helping to, to bring, you know, awareness to, ex, to setting the expectation and what you're doing. And for the coaches and the people that are listening to this, that want to jump on board, that want to set the expectation, the best thing for them to do, what I'm hearing you say is go to setthexpectation.com. Is there anything else that they should be doing? Um, no, just head over to the website. Um, you can pick up a t-shirt yourself if you want. <laughs> Coaches download the pledge, gets your game swag. Um, and donate. If you could donate, I, I need to fundraise for these projects. There's the PSA commercial I want to put out. There's a coach's curriculum that I want to be able to make that free to everyone. I don't want to have to charge anyone. I want everyone to have access to it. So I need to fundraise all of that money. So if you want to click the donate button, even a dollar, it adds up. And I'd be truly grateful. And if coaches wanted to do a set the expectation game and as a fundraiser and then make a donation that way, that's something that they could do as well. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Excellent. I think that's, I think for coaches, you know, creating an expect, a set the expectation game, having the ribbons on your helmet or, or the, the wristbands that are available and then, you know, do, getting donations at school that week, getting donations at the game and then, and then sending that into setting the expectation would be, would be an awesome way to do it. Well, Brenda Tracy, uh, I want to thank you for your strength. I want to say thank you for breaking the silence. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your life to sit down with us here on the podcast. And uh, I know that, that this will not be the last time that, that we get the privilege to, to have you on and the last time I get to, the privilege to work with you. I'm looking forward to supporting you in the journey of setting the expectation. And I know that our listeners are as well. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Again, setthexpectation.com, brendatracy.com. And Brenda, if they wanted to engage with you on social media, what's your Instagram and Twitter handles? Yes, I am at brendatracy24. My last name is spelled T-R-A-C-Y. At brendatracy, T-R-A-C-Y24, both on Instagram yep. and on Twitter. And Brenda, thank you again for taking the time to help set the expectation and make the world a better place. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a positive review or share a link to this episode on social media using hashtag PeakPod. Mention Brian Kane and one thing you learned in this episode for your chance to win a free ticket to the next Brian Kane Experience live event. Dominate the day.